0: Hello and welcome to The Blethering. I'm Steve McDonald,
1: And I'm Nick Outlaw.
0: And together, we're talking about leadership in a way that's human. With all the complexity and contradictions that, that entails in a world that doesn't make sense, but where meaning really matters. And welcome to the first episode of The Blethering with Steve McDonald and Nick Outlaw. Nick, fantastic to talk to you again. Uh, we've had a number of conversations leading up to the launch of this very first episode. I don't know, we've got many more exciting conversations to come, but we've known each other for, oh, must be coming up for close to 15 years, if not longer. Uh, and we've spent an awful lot of time talking about leadership, doing leadership, blethering about all sorts of different (laughs) things. Um, but you know,
1: why should people listen to us? Oh, don't. I, I'm trying to ignore that question, uh, Stephen. Um, yes, indeed. Why? Well, they don't have to, um, of, of, of course. I hope that in the conversations that we have uh, uh, in this time together, there'll be some uh, topics that are of interest uh, to people, um, for different perspectives that you and I can bring to the topics that we're talking about. And of course, the people that we will be inviting into the blethering to join us as we try and make sense of a world that's making very little sense at the moment, uh, with a, the lens of, of really seeking to understand leadership in a way that is more human. Um, so we should probably share a little bit of our backgrounds uh, so that people know who we are, where we're coming from. We'll obviously delve into this more deeply uh, as we as we go on, but uh, who are you and uh, and why are you doing this, Steve?
0: Well, Nick, I think you know why I'm doing this. Uh, It's (laughs) mostly because I really enjoy just chatting with you, uh, having a bit of a blether uh, as often as I can. But for me, I think of leadership as a journey. Um, And uh, it's certainly one that I've really enjoyed uh, being part of your journey and having you as part of my journey uh, over that time. But I think for me, it really comes from a place where I've learned lessons over the last 15, 20, 25 years about my own leadership and the leadership of others that I never really thought I'd learn, And I actually really wish that I'd known some of these things when I was 25 and in my first sort of really important leadership role. Mm. But more importantly, I think, is that it's about also understanding that leadership's not about a prescription. There's no magic formula. Uh, the world's messy. Uh, you know, as you said, it's, it's, it's a place where it's really difficult to make sense at times, particularly now. And leadership, I think is about helping yourself and find others where that meaning is uh, and, and, and what matters to them and why they have mm. to sort of not just think that you can pick up a textbook and go, Hey, this is how you can be a leader uh, because we're all different. We're all unique. And, you know, you and I have seen it, we've lived it, we've taught it. It's just, it's, 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 it's something you've got to blether about you got to blether about. I,
1: I, absolutely. Um, I think that speaks to one of the reasons why I'm excited about uh, doing this uh, podcast with you. Um, so as a leadership development and organization development consultant, I spend a lot of time uh, bringing leaders together and creating opportunities for them to talk about their experience of leadership, um, which is an enormous privilege. And, and I, I, I really love the fact that I get to do that. Uh, that's that's what I get to do Um, but sometimes I feel that I would also like the space for myself Uh, when do I get to 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 make sense and meaning uh, of my experience of the leadership that I might be trying to bring to different communities that I'm working with Um, and so I'm hoping that this is a space in which I can do that with you because I think the world is messy and I'm a firm believer that we make sense of this mess not by going inwards uh, uh, but actually by going out and, and connecting with others and and making sense together. Uh, and so that's what I hope uh, that we'll be doing together in this.
0: And I think you've just really sort of touched on a key issue there is it's not about what's inside us all the time, but actually it's about hearing the stories of others. And you know, if I look back on tw- 20 years of working in the humanitarian sector and the not-for-profit sector and just seeing such Diverse mix and range of people and experiences and 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 lives has really opened up my whole perspective on what does it mean to be a leader, and what does it mm-hmm. mean to actually receive leadership as well. Because I think it's just as important around how you offer leadership as also how you receive the leadership of others. I think yeah. we sometimes forget that. That followership, that receiving of leadership is actually a characteristic of being a leader and knowing when the right time is to perhaps keep your mouth shut or say things that are going to be supportive for someone that you may not necessarily agree with at the time. Definitely. But, definitely. but, it's, about, but it's about making sure that that organism that is two human beings or more coming together to achieve something is actually fundamentally
1: messy. <laughs> I've I- Two organisms coming together in, in a way that's messy i've just gone somewhere that's probably totally inappropriate but you you spoke about your experience of being a humanitarian steve uh, and that's how i first met you um i remember meeting you as i say about 15 years ago and uh, you'd had those experiences in response to the indonesians uh, uh or the uh, indonesian tsunami you'd been to japan responding to uh, um, disasters there and i know that you'd also uh, worked in the Middle East. I wonder if you can share with us uh, 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 some of those experiences just briefly that have perhaps, I don't know, moved you in this direction, that, that have uh, really captured or put you on the spot and been those moments where you, you've you had to make a choice, you've had to sort of wake up to what you're up to and what you want to do um, with, your, with your life. Uh, can you speak to some of those stories?
0: Wow. I mean, that's a big question. You know, I I think for me, there was sort of two moments uh, that were quite key to me understanding around that. Why do I want to do the things that I'm doing? Or why have I ended up investing so much time and energy and other people's time and energy uh, into the work that I've been involved in? over the last um, couple of decades first one um the first moment was really uh the birth of my first child where mm. um on the morning that she was born i um on the morning that she was born i sort of reflected and thought you know this child's coming into a place which is got all sorts of different problems i hadn't long been with um, my first humanitarian organization being save the children and i thought you know what what else could i do than commit myself and make a promise to my child that i'll do everything i can to make the world a better place no idea how i was going to do it but i just Mm. thought well i'm probably in the right area of work and i'm probably working with the right kind of organization to make that difference but then the second time came many, many years later, uh, and I was in Jordan, and this is after the start of the Syrian civil war, and there were huge numbers of refugees that had been um, coming across the border into Jordan. And so uh, I was in Jordan, and I went up to the northern part of Jordan, and there we could look across the border into Syria, and you could hear the gunfire, um, and you could um, you could actually see things like, you know, smoke from artillery and, and and things like this. Anyway, during the course of the day, uh, I went to meet some of the families who had fled Syria. And I met a seven-year-old girl there um, whose name I think was Hannah. And uh, my daughter was around seven or eight years old at the time uh, that I was there. And uh, so I was talking um, to this wee girl And I'm sort of asking about what she was doing, and you know, what kinds of things did she enjoy? And she told me the story of how her family had fled uh, from Homs, and she'd seen her uncle killed, and they'd taken a number of days and of travelling by foot uh, across Syria, and sort of dodging soldiers, and 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 essentially doing what they could to stay alive. Yeah. And about 20 minutes into this conversation, this wee girl. uh asked me a question. She goes, So um, what's your purpose? And uh, you know, to have that question posed to you by a seven year old who's experienced the kinds of things that she's experienced to hit you with that question really makes you stop and think. Oh, and that's goodness. why I'm here talking to you today, is because I owe it to that little girl and I owe it to my own kids. Mm. to try and do what I can to help ensure that we've got better, better prepared and better developed leaders, irrespective of whether they're in the private sector, government, not-for-profit sector, whether they're doing things in their community, whether they're doing things in their household, whether they're doing things at a global level, but to have really frank, honest and authentic conversations about what it means to be a leader and to share their stories and our stories so we can understand that actually, you know what, we're not going to get it right all the time. We need to celebrate those successes when we do have them, but actually we can learn a lot more from those moments which are really, really difficult.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway. thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad I asked, fella, because uh, obviously, I you know, I have... I I know a bit about your background, and it does inspire me. I get goosebumps when you talk about those sort of formative experience. Uh, So thank you for sharing some of that. uh, Stop it, Nick. But, you know, (laughs) why are you here, Nick? Um, Yeah, it's not. Well, yeah, I, I, I... it's a different. I, I come at it from a different place. Uh, I, I think, and yet we we know that you and I, we you know, we do share some common ground. We're both both Scots uh, in in terms of where where our, our origins are from. Um, why am I here? So I've I've been fascinated by leadership since I was knee high to a grasshopper. I think sort of thrust into uh, uh, different positions where I I, I was leader. I was yeah eldest son uh, in the family. um, Uh, Sport was a massive part of my childhood and I was, you know, captaining rugby teams since I was 11, Um, head of school, uh, being prepared for the military. I was in an independent public school in Scotland where that was, you know, what they were really good at was was, uh, um, preparing young boys to go into the military or the uh, sort of diplomatic service. And I thrived in it. I loved it. Really enjoyed it. I was fascinated. We also moved around a lot as as a family uh, when I was a kid. So a lot of experience of um, joining and leaving groups, uh, which as a kid, uh, certainly my experience was I became really curious and sensitive to the way that groups are working because you've you've kind of got to if you're going to survive as a sort of uh, suntanned, blonde haired, I suppose posh, Uh, uh, expat going to school in Glasgow um, you had to work out what was going on pretty quickly and how to get along with others so I'm really interested in groups and how they function and the role of leadership within groups um, all my life and it's what I've been doing luckily I I chose not to join the military. That's uh, probably a wise choice I suspect. Yeah we can maybe get into that because I've I've, I've Mm. been really torn on a number of occasions about that choice uh, uh costs and benefits but uh was lucky enough after a number of years working in the corporate sector uh to meet a wonderful woman uh um Leonie lonton who worked uh for save the children uh back in 2009 this was and, and she was good enough to uh give me the opportunity to do some work with that organization that was the first time i'd ever thought or you know been exposed to the humanitarian sector and um uh, I fell hook, line and sinker for that organization um, and and others like it who, as you know well, are, are doing their best to try and make the world uh, a little bit better uh, for for the for children of you know, future generations. Um, it's really messy and complicated. It really matters. And I found there's lots of really good people working in that space who I enjoy being with and spending time with. Um, so that's where I come from, I guess, in terms of, of, of leadership. I spoke about, you know, creating the space for others to talk about leadership. I, I read lots about it. I, I, I observe lots uh, and pay attention to, to listening to others as they talk about leadership. So looking forward to unpacking some of those observations, um, and perhaps even, you know, talking about some of the stuff that we do read you and I. Um, or hear about. I think there's so much out there. I think that's one of my concerns about doing this at all was that we add to the noise because there is so much noise. Uh, uh, there's so much out there on this topic. We know lots of it with an angle of trying to sell stuff as well, which I really kind of struggle with uh, a, a little bit. I think the marketization of of, of leadership development and leadership more, more broadly um I, I think is i'm challenged by um and which is why creating a bit of a space where we can just have a blether about it uh a chat to chew on and chew over the different things that are uh, different experiences observations of ourselves and of the people that we will be bringing into the call um is what i'm kind of keen to to get stuck into
0: well i have to say i'm pretty excited about it and i'd love to sort of crack on and do a full hour of discussion around that now, but I think that's probably something we need to save for what's next. um mm. And, you know, I think one of the things that's really struck me in all the conversations that we have had is the idea of bringing humanity into leadership or leading with a real sense of humanity and being a human being. And it doesn't mean that you've got to be a sort of kaftan wearing yogurt knitter and go around and yeah, and it's not you. Well, it's not me. No, <laughs> uh, but you yeah, you don't. It, it, it's not about being touchy feely because you can't do that anyway. But it's 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 about actually caring about other people, but also feeling that others care about you. And how does that then impact to make you think about leadership? And it doesn't. You know, you don't have to be in a role or an organization which is just about doing good things it's not just about being values based with the team that you're with but actually it's about how you can be human all the time wherever you are whichever team Mm -hmm. you're in uh and and i think that's probably something i'd quite like to explore the next time that we
1: talk yeah yeah i mean how can leadership not be about being human um yeah, there's a lot of that at the moment, isn't it? So you know, uh, the importance of compassion, the importance of empathy, uh, uh, the extent to which leadership is relational, uh, all of which I completely agree with, and also think, well, when was it not? How could it not be? Mm-hmm. I mean, these, these, some of the uh, John Adair, wonderful, uh, uh, one of the first sort of uh, certainly Western uh academics who studied leadership written a huge amount on, on leadership through some really interesting lenses uh drawing on uh different cultural lenses uh as well as that of his own you know he speaks of some of these fundamental truths you can have theories about leadership and then there's some fundamental truths also which we known have known since the dawn of time uh and i think um you know there's a lot that we can uh learn by reflecting on, on, on some of those. Um, and it, yeah, uh, we could get quite deeply philosophical as we talk about what it is to be human and how do we be more human more often, um, in our discussions around leadership, but I'm okay with that. Cause I think it is part of the mix. Um, right. I think it helps. I think it adds value. So what, how, how are we doing this? When are we doing it? Uh, what next? So what next?
0: Well, I think, uh, we agreed that we're going to be having a monthly conversation, Uh, and, uh, once we've got this one out the door and into the world, uh, we'll be starting the work on our next podcast, which will be focusing on humanity and leadership, uh, and hopefully with some very exciting special guests, which we will announce, uh, ahead of the next podcast.
1: Excellent. Sounds all right.
0: It's been a pleasure talking to you again, Nick, and I'm looking forward to expanding our conversation to include many others. Uh, but yeah, I think the uh, challenge is going to be
1: how do we focus our conversation? But then it is a blethering. We're well, a blethering. You know, yeah. we could just kind of okay. go
0: on and on and on, which we <laughs> are renowned amongst our circle for doing. Uh, but that's okay. It's been uh, great talking to you tonight, but most importantly, I want to thank those people that have downloaded the podcast and listened uh, to it. We hope you come back. We hope you enjoy it. And more importantly, we hope that your leadership journey takes you to somewhere special as well.
1: Thank you for listening to me, Nick Outlaw, and my good friend, Steve McDonald, blethering about leadership in a world that doesn't make sense, but where meaning really matters.
0: If you'd like to get in touch with us, then please email podcasts at dontullum.partners or visit our
1: website, dontullum.partners.